Welcome to Full Potential, Thriving with Autism. I'm your host, Sarah Antonato. This podcast teaches parents of children with autism to support their kids in reaching their full potential so that they can thrive and not let stereotypes define them. By looking at a variety of topics, such as health, advocacy, and spirituality, my mission is to end suffering amongst these parents by giving them the tools to heal themselves, which in turn empowers them to be bold advocates for their children. By gaining the confidence needed to do so, these parents stop being the victims of a broken system and instead succeed in providing their unique children with exactly what they need to thrive and share their own gifts with the world. One by one, these families now change the world through autism instead of being victimized by it. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode where we're diving into what it looks like when you're tangling up your own self-worth in your child's journey. Full transparency, this used to be me. And the crazy part is, even though I had been practicing yoga and intense spiritual devotion for many years, I didn't even realize I was doing this until my coach called me out on it, which is why it's so important to have a coach or mentor to guide you in your life who can help give you that loving smack in the face with a two by four when you really need it. Because like I said, my self-care was impeccable and still is, and I'm incredibly proud of that. So when Rocco was diagnosed, it wasn't like I lost myself in the process. I was still getting on my yoga mat every day. My practice was at least 90 minutes, sometimes closer to two hours. I was meditating. I got enough sleep at night. I was a clean eater. I still am. And by all standards, I took really good care of myself. I didn't shy away from doing additional treatments like acupuncture or massage. So I thought I was really handling things, including managing my mindset. However, there were signs that my thought patterns were not as supportive as I had originally believed them to be. Anytime Rocco had an off day at school, I would feel bad about myself and feel like whatever I was doing as a mother or in any aspect of my life was just not good enough. Whenever he would have a flare up, if you've ever tried to manage your kid's gut bacteria, you know that they can be very sensitive to things like parasites that can agitate their sleeping patterns sometimes. And there are so many health things beneath the surface that might be pushing your kid's buttons and causing them to not act well that We were managing something like this fairly frequently, and we still do manage this. So anytime he'd have a bad night of sleep, I would take it personally and tell myself I wasn't a good mother and that I wasn't doing enough. Anytime he would have to undergo testing for school, obviously for a good reason to help him get the services he needed, I would take it really personally when the results came back and they weren't typical of what a normal child his age would show. Even though brilliant friends of mine, clients of mine would say things like, Sarah, I'm not a good test taker. What does it matter if he's not a good test taker? I would still hold on to the heaviness of those situations and use it as a reason to tell myself I was not good enough, I was not doing enough. And as a result, I didn't deserve a life that felt joyful and easy and fun. 
it was sort of like under the radar beating myself up because on the outside, I was doing a lot of the right things. I had tools to manage my stress. I was managing my stress, but my self-talk left a lot to be desired. And I didn't even realize this. I just thought that as a mother, this was my responsibility. Rocco's journey was my responsibility. And if things weren't perfect on his journey, that was my responsibility and I had to fix it. And only when I did fix everything would I be worthy of success, joy, love, happiness. And until my work as a mother was done, I was not worthy. And this is laughable, right? Because is your work as a mother ever done? Even when you have neurotypical children, even when they're out of the house, you're still a mother. You're still going to have that calling, that connection to protect your bear cubs. Even though we know that we can't control everything, our kids will grow up, they're going to have to function on their own. Those patterns of behavior we hold as mothers when our kids are small don't really die. They keep going and they show themselves in different ways. And mine were showing themselves in some insidious ways that I didn't even realize. And I use the word insidious because, of course, as you put thought patterns out there to the world, as you practice self-talk, you start attracting those things that are vibrating in your mind, in your energy at a cellular level. So what started happening for me is the more I had this negative self-talk, the more challenges I started bringing to my business, to my personal life. And they weren't serious challenges, but they were enough that the day-to-day felt hard, harder than it needed to be. And after doing some reflection with my coach, she pointed out that I was tying my self-worth up in my child's journey. And when she first pointed that out, it felt like I got the wind knocked out of me because I knew it was true. And yet I'd been doing this for so many years without even realizing I was doing it. And when I first recognized it through this processing with her, I didn't really know where to start. I didn't know how to heal it. I didn't know how to fix it. I thought I was doing so much healing already. And When people would say rah, rah, motivational type things to me, I'd roll my eyes. Like when they say, but Sarah, you're a great mom just because you exist. I'd sort of, you know, turn my nose up at their comments, even though they meant very well, because I didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel like I was a great mom just for existing. I felt like I had to earn my status as being a great mom. And it felt heavy. It felt hard. So, of course, it's a full circle moment that... I realized what I had to do in order to heal myself, heal my thought patterns, heal my self-talk once and for all was to practice some cord cutting. And this is laughable and full circle because as a yoga teacher, I have taught my students for years how to heal themselves through cutting the cord with someone in their life who is toxic, through cutting the cord codependency with their spouse or their parents. And it had never occurred to me to cut the cord with my child. And as you're hearing the phrase, cut the cord with your child, you're probably thinking, oh my God, this sounds horrible and mean. And like I've told so many of my students over the years, cord cutting is the highest act of love. You are giving this other person in your life the chance to live 
their journey autonomously without being wrapped up in your expectations or your attachments, essentially, you're no longer clipping their wings and they're available to fly free on their own path. This is what true cord cutting does. If you approach cord cutting and it feels mean and it feels angry, you've got some forgiveness work to do first. And I encourage you to research some ways to do that. Ho'oponopono is a Hawaiian forgiveness technique, and that's a beautiful place to start. And you can find that on YouTube or on Google. But you must do that before you approach cord cutting if you've got some toxic patterns with the person you need to move away from. In my case, I wasn't really trying to move away from my son at all. Physically, of course, we lived in the same house. We still do. But energetically, I had to release myself from his journey. I've done enough spiritual work and worked with enough mentors to know that he chose this journey on this planet at this time. He chose me as his mother. The lessons we are learning together are the lessons we are supposed to learn. I'm incredibly thankful for him as my teacher in my life because it's motivated me to do the work that I need to do to be a better human being and to help others. So cord cutting is not banishing someone from your life. It's not being mean. You might need to draw strong boundaries in order to continue keeping your energetic autonomy, but it's an act of love. And what I envisioned when doing this cord cutting meditation, my own cord cutting meditation that I've given to countless clients that I'm giving to you in the show notes today, it's free. I want you to do it. I recognized I was giving him his autonomy, his freedom to have his own experience on this planet, to learn the lessons he needed to learn without me because he's a human and you can't be learning all your lessons with your mommy all the time. I was envisioning us flying freely side by side together through fields of energy, through our life experience, close to each other, supporting each other, but I wasn't pulling him in the same direction I was going. I had given him the space to fly the way he needed to fly, to take the path he needed to take because I was choosing to release him from my attachments, my expectations, so that we could do more learning side by side. And as a result, share it with each other. So what I want you to do now, without any further ado, is look at yourself and ask yourself who you need to cut the cord from. If you have a lot of thought patterns around being not a good enough parent, not a good enough advocate for your child, I'm going to encourage you to cut the cord from your child. It doesn't mean you don't love them, but it's time to stop entangling your self-esteem in his or her journey. Your child chose you as a parent. He or she chose you as a guide on this earth through this physical plane. Nothing you're doing is wrong. Even when you have a day that feels messy or chaotic or you yell and you're not your best, he or she chose you. So approach this cord cutting as the highest act of love. How beautiful would it be for your child to shake off whatever's really holding them down and be able to go forth freely with joy and excitement and energy and love supporting them? 
knowing that they could really dive into whatever lessons they're meant to have without worrying about how it's going to affect you as their parent. Your next step, click the link in the show notes. When you do, the cord cutting meditation will be delivered to your email. It is under 10 minutes. I talk you through the whole thing. It can be repeated again and again. Sometimes we cut cords easily with the touch of a feather. Sometimes we need a chainsaw to break those cords. And if that's the case, you just keep going and repeating it. Rome wasn't built in a day. So let this be something you do for yourself and also for your child. You might approach cord cutting if you need to release a toxic partner from your life or former partner. If you need to release someone who had been part of your child's journey and now no longer has a place moving forward, but you're thankful for having them as long as you've had them. Cord cutting can be applicable in all of these ways, but me talking about it more is not going to give you the result. It's up to you to finish listening to this podcast, then click the link in the show notes and do the cord cutting at least once, as many times as you need to, to move forward with your autonomy as an energetic being. It will only make you a better guide for others in your life who need you. And I want to send you a lot of love as you do this process because it's vulnerable. It can feel scary. It can feel new, unfamiliar. But it's time to ask yourself, what is this going to cost you if you don't do it? Is it more important to focus on how scary it is now? As opposed to how much free freedom and joy and excitement and opportunity this can bring you in your life in the future. You get to choose. So go forth. May the force be with you. And please, by all means, hit me up on social media. Links will be in the show notes for that as well. And tell me how you're doing. Send me an email. Sarah at sarahintonato.com. Tell me how you're doing. I can't wait to hear from you and learn more about how I can support you on this journey as an autism parent. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Namaste. Thank you so much for listening today. And remember, you can't advocate for your child if you're still throwing your own well-being under the bus. Listening to this podcast is just the first step. I'd love to know one action step you're implementing after this episode to help you thrive in your own life. So follow me over on Instagram at sarah.intonato and let me know. If today's show resonated with you, please leave a review through your favorite podcast provider as it's an important step in allowing new listeners to find us when they need to hear this message in their own lives.